0: I want to share something that I believe is timely, which I think every minister across the nation right now is uh, full of of the Spirit of God and is preaching timely messages right now. It is the Spirit. You know, oftentimes we put it on ourselves and we think, well, I'm going to come up with or I'm going to do such and such. And, you know, the truth is that when we really do something significant, it's the Holy Spirit that inspires. And, And I believe the Holy Spirit is moving throughout the church today, and people are speaking prophetic and timely messages about what's going on at this time. And I really want to help you today. uh, Think about what's being planted in your garden. What kind of person do you want to be? You know, if I were to give you a list of things that I want to be as a Christian during this time. Uh, There are some things. I want to be a Christian that knows God is going to provide. It'd be easy to get scared about the financial situation and the economic situation, but I want to be someone who doesn't doubt that it is the Lord who will provide. I want to be someone who boldly proclaims. Uh, during this time, it's going to become more and more prevalent that, uh, dissenting voices are going to tell you to be quiet, hush up. We don't want to hear about God. We're going to fix this ourselves, but I want to be one who boldly proclaims during this time. I want to be someone who lives courageously. I don't want to live in fear. Uh, I, as I've said before, I don't want to be afraid, but I don't want to be stupid. And it's like, a You know, the reason that I am uh, cooperating and and volunteering with the self-quarantine thing uh, is the same reason that uh, Jesus didn't jump off the temple when the devil tempted him. Uh, I believe that uh, we can do the practical thing, you know. Uh, We don't have to excuse the practical because God does the miraculous. So, in other words, I don't want to live in fear, but I don't want to tempt God at the same time. I don't want to go out there and sort of be a knucklehead walking around boldly acting like nothing can happen to me. And so uh, I want to be courageous, even though I'm practical. Uh, I want to love like Jesus during this time. Uh, you know, it's it, we're all kind of coming together right now, and that's a good thing, uh, but it could be very easily come to a point where uh, those who are for God and those who are against God uh, begin to fight with one another. In fact, Jesus said, people of the same household uh, will begin to come against one another uh, during times like this. And so uh, I want to be someone that loves not only my side, not only God's people, but I want to love everyone. I want to love like Jesus loved. I want to be someone who doesn't just talk the word and know the word. I don't want to just be information. I want to be transformation. I want to see the miraculous take place. I want to see lives changed. I want to be a light during this dark time. Can you say amen to that? Yes. Do you want to be that? Listen, all of those things and many more things that you and I could talk about how we want to be Christians during this time. Those are produce of seed that's been planted in our lives. In other words, this is the harvest of a seed that's been planted in our lives. And that seed is the word of God. So let me ask the question again. What's growing in your garden? Seriously, church, what is growing in your garden? What's growing in your heart? What is growing in your life? Let me tell you what's growing. What you planted there is what's growing. And if you didn't plant anything, guess what? Life has planted things in your life. That's right. You see, what grows in your heart is a product of what's been planted there. So, what has been planted in your heart? Some of you are going, I have no idea. I really don't know. You see, the heart and the mind is like the earth. The earth is this amazing thing. We found no other planet that's like it. Life just grows here. Uh, whatever's planted in the ground grows. Uh, and, you know, much of it you don't even have to tend to. In fact, when the fall happened we learned last week when i talked about this or in times past we learned that when the fall happened it didn't just break mankind it broke the earth it blo- broke planet earth to where there's sort of a not only a gravity in a in a strictly scientific sense there's a gravity in the sense that Everything is being drugged down, you know, and and, and everything is dying as we speak. Nothing lasts forever in the natural realm because of the fall. And so uh, the earth, while it used to just produce wonderful harvests of good things because of the fall, now what just naturally grows is the bad stuff. Most of the time, it's the, the weeds and the thistles and the thorns. So listen, if you don't know what's growing in your garden then life's wind will blow any seed from any thistle, weed, or thorn into your heart, and that's what's going to get planted there, and that's what's going to grow there. If you're a gardener, you know you don't just uh, square off a space in the backyard and wait for stuff to happen. You have to be intentional about what you plant. If you want tomatoes, you have to plant tomatoes. You have to do it at the right time and water it the right way and weed it at the right time and wait for the right harvest and keep the bugs away. You have to be intentional about it because the earth just doesn't produce tomatoes on its own where you can just enjoy them. Now, every once in a while, you might be going through the woods and find something to eat. Uh, but most of the time, you're not walking through the woods finding fruits and vegetables and berries and all. this stuff available to you anywhere that you go. We have to be intentional about making those kind of things. This is part of the fall and your heart is the same way. Listen, if you're not intentional about what you plant in your heart, then life will plant weeds, thorns, and thistles and bad things in your heart. And when those things get planted, your heart, like the earth, will just naturally grow the produce of them. So, the produce of those things is like you'll be afraid. You'll be scared. You'll live in fear. You'll be worried all the time. Come on. Are you catching this? You won't love like Jesus. You won't perform miracles. You won't live in transformation. You'll be living. You'll look like the rest of the world. You'll you'll be a born again believer who's living like the rest of the world in fear, no transformation, no miraculous, no light. You look just like everybody else and that's not God's plan for your life. So if you want to harvest, you've got to make sure to plant the right seeds in your life. And what is the seed? The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Now look, let's go back to the earth again. Uh, In in another sense, the earth and the natural just naturally produces evil. So, In other words, if you just leave mankind and the rest of us to ourselves, we just get destructive and awful and terrible. In fact, the only reason that things aren't going to hell in a handbasket is because the Holy Spirit is here living in the church and we are salt and light. We're preserving and showing light. And as soon as that's taken out of the way, uh, darkness and destruction can just rule and, and roam as free as it wants to. But if you just leave life as it is, evil grows and becomes, and it's just a natural thing. So listen, if you're not intentional about your life, negative things, evil things, sin, uh, uh, destructive things will come into your life and be produced in your life. And that's the way it is in, in the earth right now. But God was intentional about one thing. Watch this. Jesus said, if a seed abides alone, It produces no harvest. And in this passage of scripture, he's talking about himself. He goes on to describe how he will be planted in the ground. You see, Jesus is the intentional seed of God planted in planet earth. He produces a harvest of souls, God's children. We've been born again. We are the produce of the intentional plan of God. God didn't just hope something good would happen. He planned it before the beginning of the foundations of the world that Jesus Christ would be the seed planted on planet earth that would produce a harvest. Are you catching this? So if you just let life go as it is evil, but when there's an intentional planting of the word of God, because Jesus is the word of God, right? He is the word in the flesh. When the word is planted, it produces a harvest of good things. Are you catching that today? Oh, so so listen, a lot of people they think, okay, the Bible is the word of God. I've read the Bible. I got through the flood in Genesis and then I just didn't get anything out of it. That's because you're you're trying to live off the seed. That's the seed, right? It doesn't always give you a harvest instantaneously. It's got to be planted in your life for a time later in which it can produce a harvest in your life. Every time I read the word, sometimes I'm just totally into it and feeling the spirit. Sometimes I'm not. But every time I read the word, I know I know the word is being planted in my spirit and it will not return void, but it will produce a harvest. Listen, if you want to be bold, if you want to see miracles, if you want transformation, if you want God's glory and God's provision in your life during this time, plant the word in your heart. I'm hearing amens all across there now, am I? Yes, all across the internet. I'm hearing amens. Yes, plant the word in your heart. Praise God. Let me read something to you here. This is in Mark chapter 4. Jesus said, listen to this. Now, when Jesus says, listen to this, we ought to pay attention, huh? It says, behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded the crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. Uh, He goes on to explain what he means in this. In verse 13, he tells the disciples, look. I'm going to explain this parable to you. The sower sows the word. The seed is the word. The sower is God. The word comes from God. Now I want you to notice that in this parable, the sower is always good, always perfect. And the seed is always perfect. The variable is the soil. The variable is your heart, Hmm? is your heart. Now watch this. The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. And so we have the first example of how the word comes into someone's heart and uh, the enemy comes and steals it away. Now, how does the enemy steal the word away from your heart? Well, the enemy's function is lying. That's what he does. He does. He lied to Adam and Eve, and he's lying to you today. As I proclaim the word to you, and as I read the word to you, the enemy is at work in people's mind, trying to tell them, "Yeah, that's not really. That's not really true. You don't really believe all that. Uh, science hasn't proven that. Or you know, you've tried that Christianity stuff, that religion thing, and it's not real." Listen, the enemy lies and how he steals the word from you is that now when you're hearing my voice and you're feeling maybe a bit emotional and, and you're very connected and, and, and I'm speaking confidently to you, you're believing it. But tonight or tomorrow, when you see all of the stuff going around, the enemy will lie to you and he'll steal this word out of your heart if you let him, but you don't have to let him just don't believe the lie. Believe the word. Come on. Let's look what he says here. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on rocky places, who, when they hear, hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. Jesus said it's like they're being scorched by the sun. They have no depth of root. They receive the word at first gladly, but they don't allow the word to get rooted in their life. In other words, it doesn't become their foundation. It's sort of a secondary thing. And this is where a lot of Christians are living. The word is not your foundation. Your foundation is uh, other things in this life. And the word is simply uh, sort of a, a picture on the wall. If your life is a house, Your foundation's not the word. It's a little picture on the wall. It's a little doodad, knickknack on the shelf. That's what it amounts to. And that's why when trouble comes, you have problem and the sun comes and it scorches away because listen, Jesus is talking about the cost of Christianity, the cost of following him. He says, when affliction and persecution come, you fall away. Now, there are many people who are going to fall away because they don't want, to, they want the benefits of salvation, but they don't want the cost of salvation. They don't want the price that has to be paid. And listen, there's a price to be paid. There's a cross for us to take up. If we are the body of Christ, then we must sacrifice ourselves for the good of the kingdom. And that's what God has called us to. Now, what your sacrifice is, what your cross is, is between you and the Lord. But I can tell you this, serving God is going to cost you something. And there's going to be persecution involved in it. It's not always going to be a bed of roses. Well, let that sink in. And many people who aren't rooted deeply will not be willing to pay the price they're going to be like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm not in on this one. I am gone. Come on. Also, look what he says here. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Did you catch that? This is the people who get distracted by wanting the things of the world more than they want God. They want riches. They want pleasure. They want free time. They want fame. They want it to have, they want to have it their way. This is my life. I want to do what I want to do. And I want to live how I want to live. And if God loves me, he'll let me live how I want to live. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is, uh, I've messed this all up. I can't do this right. This is not what it was intended. And I repent of a self-serving, self-saving life. And I turn to Jesus Christ to save me. I turn away from me being in charge to him being in charge. God, you're on the throne now. So some people receive the word and and they get in Christ, but then they get distracted. They want the riches of the world and they want the fun and they want the pleasure and they want all this stuff. What they don't know, they're trading a, 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 a small pleasure, a temporary pleasure for the abundant joy of being in Christ. Don't trade those things. Here's what's important about all of these things. Your soil, you don't have to let that happen to you you don't have to let the enemy lie to you. You just can believe the word and not believe the lie of the enemy and your soil becomes fruitful. You don't have to be a person who has no roots in their life whose foundation is not based on the word. Just make the choice to have a foundation that's built upon the word of God, upon Jesus Christ. Then when the sun comes and the persecution comes, you're firm, you're, you're held in place, you're sturdy and you shall not be moved. You don't have to be somebody who gets distracted by the things of this world. Just make the choice today. I am not going to trade having more money for time with God. I am not going to trade having more pleasures for being in the presence of my savior. I'm not going to do it. I am not going to trade Sunday morning online worship with my church so that I can sleep in. Did I just hit you right on the head? Did I? Did I? Come on. It's the choices you make that make your soil good. Make the choices to long for, to hope for, to love the word and let that be the foundation of your life. And listen, when you do that, you become the fourth kind of soil. And that's the kind of soil that Jesus said produces a harvest. The seed gets planted and it grows and it becomes something spectacular. It produces Fruit it produces boldness and, and courage and and provision and blessing and and miracles and and it 's the kind of uh harvest that you need during times like these. Come on, are you with me today? Are you with me? Thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so we 've got to plant uh, uh, the word to get the harvest now, what does the harvest do for us? What does the word planted in us do for us i want to I want to tell you sort of how it it it, it walks through and brings you to these things that we talked about, how it brings you to boldness and courage and, and provision and healing and miracles and all of that. It starts with information. People don't believe because they don't know, first of all. They don't know the Word of God. In fact, sometimes I'm astounded by Christians that don't know basic principles of the Word of God. And it's because we don't have Sunday school anymore, and and uh, people don't really read the Bible like they say they do, or if they do, they're not really studying it in such a way to memorize it and and really get it implanted in their life. And and you need that. You need the the the, the Word of God implanted in your life over and over and over to renew your mind. You need the information. And listen, when you take the Word in, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. You'll read something today, three years later, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. And if your mind forgot it, you'll read it again because you're continually consuming the Word into your life, consuming the Bible into your life. And so the the Word produces information. You have knowledge about what is real. So while your five senses are telling you what is real in the natural realm, they're, they're telling you a, a, what is real in the physical, natural realm. And it's not that they're lying, but it's that they're telling you a story that is not always in concert with God's story. You catching that? So you'll, you'll see and you'll touch and you'll read and you'll hear and, and you'll, you'll sense with your five senses all of the, the evidence of the story of what's going on in the world. While at the same time, if you read the word of God and you get the word of God in you, the word of God's telling you God's story and God's plan and what God says is going to happen in the world and what's going to happen in your life. Are you catching that? So you read the word of God and it comes into your life and now you've got information. You're not just going by what you feel or what you read or what you see. You know the word of God. So when you plant the word in in your life, you have knowledge. This is what God said. Now, knowledge is information, and information leads to transformation. This is where, or information rather, leads to revelation. Revelation is where, in your spirit, the light is turned on. It's like, all of the knowledge of God is in your born-again spirit, right? Your born-again spirit doesn't lack anything. It's in perfect union with Christ. But your soul and your mind uh, doesn't know all these things. And in order for the spirit to come through your earthen vessel, your mind and your body, uh, some valves have to be opened up. Some doorways have to be opened up, if you will. And when you get the word in your mind, you open up the doorways or the valves that allow the goodness of the spirit and the word to come out of your life and bless the world around around you and affect your life for Jesus Christ. So revelation is like when that door gets open, when you, when you get revelation, you don't just know it up here, you know it in here. Amen. Many, many pastors and preachers and teachers will understand what I'm about to say that sometimes you get revelation in, in the spirit realm that, uh, the first thing you want to do is turn it into a teaching lesson or a sermon or something. And sometimes it's difficult because revelation is beyond english language and you try your best to to express what you see clearly with spiritual eyes but it's hard because uh, English won't do it. And so that's one of the struggles and one of the reasons God has called specific people with the ability to take that revelation and share it with everyone else. So when you get information and you believe the information, it becomes revelation. In other words, you really get it in your spirit and you know that you know that you know that it's true. And once you've got revelation, that turns into transformation. That's right. God begins to change things. That's where the fruit Begins to be produced, and you begin to see that you change. Now, let me give you some examples. Let's talk about provision. A lot of people think that their jobs provide for them, uh, that their hard work provides for them. But can I tell you something? It's good that you work hard, but God's your provider. He's the one who's opened the doors, He's the one who's given you strength and energy, He's the one that has given opportunity. Every good thing comes from God, the Bible says. And so, uh, if we go back to the author, of your provision, it is God, no matter how it comes to you. Amen. And so in, in a, in, in our planning, the word in our heart, we plant things. In the Word that talk about God providing for us. The Lord will provide. God is our provider, right? Uh, You've seen the the birds of the air and the grass of the field. They don't worry about how they're going to be fed. God feeds them and He'll feed you too, right? Uh, We read the stories of there's only five loaves and a few fish and Jesus feeds 5,000 people and their families. These parts of the Word planted in your heart help you to believe God will provide for me. And you know what happens when you begin to get that knowledge? And then you believe it because you get revelation. Now you're transformed because you really believe it. You just start to trust God and you quit freaking out and you quit worrying and, and you start to see God provide for you. I always pray God send provision in strange ways because God sometimes does it in strange ways. You think you need a check in the mail. God can do it a different way. Let God feed you however he wants to feed you. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Now that you truly have revelation, it transforms your life and you begin to live differently than you would have lived without that information. And revelation, it transforms your life. Let's talk about courage. You want to be courageous? Believe that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. Believe that if you live here on earth, you're going to proclaim the gospel, which is good for the world. But if you were to die today, you'd be in the presence of Jesus, which is a gain for you. Yes, that's right. That nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You can face peril, uh, temptation, enemy, uh, suffering, whatever it is. No devil in hell, no angel in heaven, no difficulty you face can separate you from the love of God, which you have in Christ Jesus. You see, when those words are planted in your mind and in your heart, you've got the information. Although the world is saying, be afraid, you hear fear not because you planted the word in your heart. And that word becomes revelation as your spirit lets you know that you know that you know that it's real. Now you have no doubts. You have no doubts. And because you have no doubts, you walk around and you live as if the word of God is true because it is. Oh, are you catching this today? Let me give you another example. If, if I walk into a crowded theater and I yell fire, I'm going to know who actually believed me because the people who just turn around and keep watching the movie are ones who don't believe me. In other words, their actions haven't been transformed because their heart doesn't truly believe. But if their heart truly believes, then those are the ones who are going to get up out of their seats quickly and make their way out of the place. Now, the word of God's the same way. The reason I can tell people don't really believe the word is because it doesn't transform their behavior. It doesn't transform their lives. They haven't got maybe the information, or if they've got the information, they haven't got the revelation. And if they haven't got the revelation and the information, they certainly don't have transformation. But if you want to live the transformed life, you've got to plant the word of God in your heart continually. Put it in your mind continually. Be intentional. Because if you're not intentional, then any old weed is going to blow its seed into your garden and it's going to produce thorns and thistles and stuff in your life. You'll be reading Facebook, watching the TV on Twitter, listening to people on the other end of the line. Everybody's got an opinion and all those seeds are getting planted in your life and they're starting to grow and they're going to produce a garden full of weeds. But if you're intentional and you plant the Word of God in your heart, it's going to produce a harvest. Now watch this. The Bible says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. When it's planted, it's small, it's tiny, but what it produces becomes large. Did you know that the mustard plant is about, can grow to be about 20 foot tall? And not only is it huge, it's built in such a way that there's shades up under it, and animals and birds can, can uh, rest underneath the, the branches. Not only that, but it's invasive. Once it gets started growing, it destroys every other plant around it as it takes over. You see, the Word of God planted in your heart is like that. You catching this? When you plant the Word and you make sure it stays planted and it begins to grow in your life, it destroys doubt. It begins to take over all the areas of your life so that every time a little seed from a weed blows into your life, every time a negative thought from the internet blows into your world, it doesn't have a chance to live because the word chokes it out. The word destroys it. It's invasive and and it becomes something spectacular. And it begins to produce and grow something beautiful that not only is good for you, but it's good for the people around you who can rest in the shade of your faith. Because, listen, it's not really about the seed. It's about the potential of the seed. Are you catching that? Anytime you read about the seed in the Bible, it's not really talking about what is. It's talking about the potential of what it is. A seed represents something can become from this. Something can come from this seed. So, when the Word of God is planted in your life, it has the potential to become altering, giving you such great faith that you walk boldly. You speak to mountains and they move. You are full of the Holy Spirit and you don't listen to the voice of the world or the lies of the enemy. You listen to the word of God. It leads your life. It guides your life. It has invaded your garden to a point where nothing else gets to grow there, but the truth of God's word. Can you say praise God to that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, I want you to do this. I want you to be intentional. During this time, you need the word planted in your life. Be intentional. Uh, You know, if you're not intentional, uh, it's just like walking in the world. Occasionally, if you just walk through a forest, you might come across a barrier or two or something, but you're not going to find what you need. You have to be intentional about planting. And so, be intentional. Read the word. Don't wait till you feel like it. That's one of our problems today. We think serving God is. Feeling. And when I feel it, that's when God's moving me. Listen, God is not your feelings, and thank God for that. What an unproductive, unpredictable God we'd have if God was your feelings. He's not your feelings. Be intentional. Read the Word. Study the Word. Make sure you're believing the Word. Faith is a choice. It's you choose to exercise what God has already given you. He's given you the measure of faith. Just choose to exercise it. Choose to believe what you read. The Bible says there was a group of people that that didn't profit anything from the seed that was planted and the word that was preached because they didn't mix it with faith. They heard it, they knew it, but they didn't really believe it and it did them no good. So believe, choose to believe what you're reading. You've got to read the the word of God. You've got to get your Bible out and read. Listen, if you're having problems in the Old Testament, start in in the book of Matthew. If you're having problems in Matthew, start in John. But, But get into the word and begin reading and study. Take a subject and and go online and look up every scripture you can find about this subject. If you just Google something like uh, what the Bible says about marriage, you'll find lists and lists of scriptures, and now you can begin to see different places of what the the scriptures is saying about one subject. Don't forget to be taught the word of God. If God called some people to be teachers, Ephesians chapter 4, then he called most of us, all of us, to be students. And so, be taught the Word of God. You need to listen to other people teach the Word of God. It's one of the ways that God gives you information and revelation in your life. Uh, speak and pray the Word of God. Speak out loud. When you read a scripture, try to memorize part of it and speak it out loud throughout your day and pray those scriptures out loud because. You know, when you plant something in your heart it, it, and it grows and, and now your mind believes that your spirit, it's all, it's all uh, in connection. There's no valves closed, no doors shut. You're getting the, the flow of the spirit and the word of God into your mind. And now what really brings things into reality is when you speak it out. When you speak it out, you have to say it. God created the world by saying, let there be light, let there be an earth, let there be a heavens and earth, let there be water. He spoke it out. Even when it was, if it was in his heart, if it was in his mind, it didn't matter until he spoke it out. And so speaking it is like the produce of fruit in the natural. It's when things go boom from spiritual truth to natural truth. You catch that today? So speak the word of God. Uh, If you need a a replacement for negative things that you say, the word of God is the way to go. If you're one of those people that just can't shut up saying negative things, then you need to get the word of God planted in your heart and coming out of your mouth. Come on. Are you catching that? In your heart and out of your mouth. Listen, when you get the word planted in your garden, it's going to produce a harvest. And the harvest is going to be a you who is provided for and trust God, a you who is not afraid of what's going on in the world, a you who lives courageously, a you who loves like Jesus and boldly proclaims truth, a you who performs miracles and sees transformation and, and the miraculous take place in your life, a you That no matter what challenge, what obstacle comes your way, you can overcome it. And not only will it affect you, you'll be this big, big plant, this big, big tree that other people will come and find shade in. When they're afraid, they'll look in your eyes and they'll hear your words and they'll be encouraged and calmed because they see the peace of God in your life. Uh, When they're starting to run low, they'll look at your life and see how God provided and uh, they'll become encouraged and begin to have faith that God can provide for them too. You'll be a a tree, a bush that provides shade and blessing to the people around you. And this dark world needs the church to be salt and light. God bless you, man. I hope you get this uh, today. I hope this became information and, and revelation and transformation in your life today so that you don't live the same way and that you are full of the spirit ready to go no matter what comes your way. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for all of you at this time. I know there's a, a, so, a lot of anxiety going on today. And listen, I don't blame you for having anxiety. I don't, I don't blame, I don't, I'm not trying to judge anybody. Uh, I'm not, a, like I said earlier, I'm not someone who's walking around cocky, uh, acting like nothing can happen to me, uh, because it could happen to me. Uh, We live in a natural world. Sometimes God miraculously intervenes. Uh, I believe there's a lot of people who get to heaven and they look at God uh, with a questioning look. And God goes, you knucklehead, all you had to do was quarantine yourself. Or all you had to do was go to the doctor. Or all you had to do was go to work or whatever it is. In other words, the miraculous that God can do is no excuse for you and I not to do the practical. But I don't want to live in fear either. I don't want to cower down in fear all day long. That's no way for a child of God to live. And I don't want you living live in that way either. I want you to be able to take all of your burdens to the Lord with prayer and supplication, knowing this, that God is in control of your life. Or maybe there are some of you today who've been laid off of your jobs and they're just not paying you and you don't know what you're going to do and you're waiting for Uncle Sam to come through. Listen, a check from the government is a good thing, but is not your provider. God is your provider. God is your provider and he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Whatever you're facing today, would you believe God with me? Would you believe God? We're praying today, not because of our emotion, not because of the things that we desire in our flesh, but we're praying according to the word of God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now for your people, God. I pray, Lord, that you would heal sick bodies, according to Isaiah 53, that you would heal sick bodies, God. Father, I pray that you would provide for your children. You said that you would take care of us. You said that you'd supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So we claim that word right now. We speak it out and we claim it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just pray, God, Lord, that we will not be anxious. We will not be afraid. Yes, we will turn everything over to you. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love. And of a sound mind and self-discipline, we will not be out of control. We will not, not be freaked out, but we will be in peace in God. We proclaim that word over our lives in the name of Jesus. Produce a harvest in our lives that doesn't just affect us, but affects the world around us, Lord. I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you believe and agree, say amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you guys so much for being with me this Sunday. Uh, look for things throughout the week. We're doing a daily focus just to give you something to get your mind on so that you can be the church. Uh, it's, it's difficult in some ways not being able to be in physical contact with people, but thank God for the internet. Thank God for the telephone and other means that we can interact with people and thank God for prayer. Amen. Which changes everything. Hallelujah. So look for the daily focus. If you want it, you can... Uh, you can get on our Facebook page and send me a message and let us know that you want a daily uh, text sent to you or a daily email sent to you. Uh, also, you can just find them on our Facebook page at Austin Live Church or Myle and Aver. You can find it there. Uh, if you've got offering, if you're our church people and you've got offering to support our church, uh, you can either hold on to it until we get back together or you can go to AustinLiveChurch.org and there's a place where you can click the Give tab and you can give through PayPal. Uh, and uh, if you do, God bless you. If you want to wait, that's fine too. It's okay. Uh, if you're a, a visitor just watching, don't worry. We don't want you to send us uh, any money right now. We want you to just know that we love you, and we want you to receive, and receive what God has for you. And it's so much greater than money. I can't. I wish I could. Oh, but I, I'd preach another sermon. But but wow, God's got some amazing things for you as well. We love you guys. Appreciate you so much. Uh, stay connected with each other. Call each other. Austin Live Church. Be the church. Call each other. Interact. Pray for one another. When you read the Daily Focus, don't just say, Amen me, do it. Amen? Do it. Amen? Let's be the church. Let's not talk about it. Let's do it. It's time to do it. And this week, plant that word in your heart. Get your Bibles out. Turn your TV off. Start reading the word, start getting into the word. You want to watch something? Stop. Maybe don't watch a Facebook video about a, a cat that got stuck on a roof or something. Well, maybe watch a preacher preach the word of God. It doesn't have to be a famous one. Great preachers. Some of my favorite preachers out there, uh, James Miller, Aaron Jane, James Hooper, Bob Jane, uh, Jim Maxwell. Uh, These are some of my favorite preachers. Arliss Avery, my dad, one of my favorite preachers of all time. Herb Henry out in California preaching the word of God. I loved it. You know, people don't have to be famous to have the anointing and feed you good stuff. And it's everywhere now. So get on there and let some people feed you and teach you some good things. Praise God. I love you guys, God loves you guys, and we will see you soon.